98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up to the claw. On this Tuesday afternoon, good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show. Here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, we are live from the Auction Community Studios. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadora. What's going on, Gambo? Bernsie, what's going on? Everybody's Good. yelling on this Tuesday afternoon. Not the energy just, is... Yeah. You, remember how to, you remember how to turn the mic on? You remember I, how okay. to do all of that this, stuff? This, so this, what, what happens if I press that, that oh, button yeah, right the, there? Yeah. I know, okay, that doesn't... I'm yeah, okay. for a little while. I know. And Life I'm, is a highway, huh? <laughs> Life <laughs> is a highway. Well, wait, what happens if I press this button right uh, here? bitch. Oh, okay, okay, that works. Okay, good to know. So, yeah, Life is a highway. Life I want to drive highway. it all night long, baby. Uh, back from the Pacific Coast Highway vacation. How'd things go without me? All good. Right? Yeah, good. everything was fine. It was yeah. fine. Looks like you had a nice time at the yurt. <laughs> the yurt. We the yurt. The, we were at the yurt. We did this um, a second straight year, right, where we did the yurt. Yurt. You did, you, you're a yurt guy. We're, apparently, I'm a glamping guy. You're apparently, glamping I like guy, camping, yeah. glamorous camping. Apparently, that's our that's our jam because we did it in Montana last year and we did it at Big Sur. But man, we drove the Pacific Coast Highway. We started in Sonoma and we. We went to we went to San Francisco and Half Moon Bay and Santa Cruz and Monterey and Carmel and Big Sur and Paso Robles. Good Good weather, except for the end. There was a record heat wave in yeah, Southern California, yeah. in in Paso, Ooh. and in Santa Barbara, it and it was hot. It was Arizona hot. Yeah, it was like 111 hot, which was insane for that, that part when of the country. When Arizona kicked the crap out of San Diego State, they were saying like, "Hey, yeah, it's 100." I'm like, "That's like a home game for Arizona." Yeah. Those kids in San Diego State aren't used to that. <laughs> used to play Arizona that. was blowing them out. It was 100 degrees at game time yeah. or something like that. I'm like, oh. it's like we can do this all day, right? We're good to go. Um, but we did make it back just in time yesterday to watch and to talk about our top story oh, of the day here on the Burns so. and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Take a seat, Luis Arias. Down on strikes, number seven on the night, 2-0 pitch. Beatty swings, and he hits it in the air to right, should end the inning. McCarthy underneath it. The boos are already out, and now the catch is made. Inning is over, and Nelson, seven shutout innings on the road in San Diego. Just in time to see that. How exciting, how exciting, this kid. Oh, this kid from Henderson, Nevada, comes out and just absolutely dominates in his Major League debut. So excited for, for him. So excited to watch these D-backs. And, you know, I, I keep talking about this. I get to the gym this morning. I get to my workout. And like Ed, the first guy, Ed, man, did you see the D-backs? And I'm Mike the trainer. How about the D-backs? Like, man, I'm telling you, it is nice that everywhere I go now, people are talking D-backs baseball. I mean, more so, more than the Cardinals, more than anything, more than ASU. Just right now, everybody that I run into is. I went to uh, Gilbert Pizza last week because oh, okay. my kid was at baseball practice, and I we went there. And I sat down with one of the other dads, and it was two guys watching a baseball game, and they started talking about the Diamondbacks, and we got in this long conversation. I'm like, yeah, that's what they used to say sports radio was like a bunch of guys just sitting around at a bar. And I'm like, that's what kind of what it feels like right now. Just <laughs> talking D backs baseball, but what an unbelievable performance by Ryan Nelson. I mean, he he just. Absolutely 
absolutely dominated in that game. And uh, and the D-backs just continue to win. But yeah. seven sharp innings. They won 5 nothing over the Padres. And it was a debut to remember. It was. It's been a weekend to remember for the day. It's been more than a weekend to remember. They've won nine of their last 11 games. And, and it's just a it's just a shame somewhere in there in the middle when they were blowing all those saves that they maybe had converted a few of those because they'd be right in it with the wild card saves? race. Yeah, it's uh, this the, one or two. Breaking news. Yeah, the Diamondbacks have blown a few saves. A but, including one on Saturday night, by the way. Ian Kennedy, his fifth oh. of the year, which is among the league leaders in a category that nobody wants to lead him. But we'll we'll talk about that in a, in a minute. Ryan Nelson, seven innings, no runs, no walks, seven strikeouts in his debut. It was not only the most impressive starting pitching debut in the history of the Diamondbacks. Statistically speaking, it was one of the best in the history of baseball. Yes. I mean, in terms yes. of the innings and what he was able to do. He retired. He gave up that double to Profar in the first. And then he shut him down. And then that's 17 straight. Shut and I mean, down. look at the guys he did it against. He's got Profar standing at second. He gets Soto to fly out. He gets Machado to ground, ground out. Josh and he got Bell to strike out looking. It's like, okay, well, you, you got my attention. Yeah. 17 straight that he retires. He was completely unflappable in total command. And you heard Chris Garagiola with the call there. Man, the Boo Birds were out at Petco yesterday. They yeah, were facing pissed this at, the, p- at the Padres. Facing this kid. He's never pitched in the major leagues before. Matter of fact, I was just looking at you know some of the uh, you know the stats and info pages, the D back stats and info. Nelson's pitching line was so unique that is actually something he's never accomplished at any level in the minor leagues. He's Crazy. never accomplished. He's never it. done that. And right. then Steve Gilbert, Ryan Nelson is just the second pitcher with seven scoreless innings, no walks, and seven strikeouts in his debut in the history of baseball. The other was a Nick Kingham of the Pirates in 2018. So you're watching, and and the D backs are going. We're going to have Tori Lavello on at 2:30. D backs are going to a six man rotation, right? They're going to try to save, you know, try to save a few innings and a start or two off of or for some of their guys that have pitched a lot. But I like this is what's exciting, like seeing Henry pitch and seeing Nelson pitch, and eventually Fat will be here, and they and Jameson, and so there is some serious. Like we've talked so much about the outfielders that we very rarely talk about the pitchers, but there's some good pitching talent in this organization. No, there is, and the outfielders. I, I mean, yesterday, we'll, and we'll get more into this a little later. Whether it was Stone Garrett, Jake McCarthy, they're they're, they're so fast. Dalton Varsho and that play he made for Zach Allen. And, oh, and, and you're play. right. Great we play. talk about the kids. We talk about the young rotation. We talk about the young players coming up. But we have to spend a couple minutes talking about Zach Allen. Let's do it. Seven innings, two hits, no runs on Sunday. He walked one. He struck out seven. His scoreless inning streak now sits at 41 and a third. He needs to retire the first two batters without giving up a run in his next outing. And he'll tie Brandon Webb for the longest scoreless inning streak in the history of the Diamondbacks. He's already got the eighth longest such streak in the history history of Major League Baseball, Baseball, at least in the live ball era. Oral Hershiser, Don Drysdale, Bob Gibson, Zach Granke. I mean, some of the greats are on that list. Yeah, I mean, those are like some of the great pitchers in the history of the game. Some of those guys are Hall of Famers. Hershiser. Or Gibson. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Six straight scoreless starts for Zach Gallon. That, that ties an MLB record. Ties right? a major league record. Here's him on wanting to break the scoreless streak record for the team. Well, I mean, at this point now, I mean, I'm, I'm right there, so I might as well try and see what the deal is. <laughs> I mean, I feel I think I'm only an inning away, so I might as well, you know, just try. Uh, that would be pretty anticlimactic, though, if, 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 you know, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, 
at this point, it's like I said with the with this the other streak that I had. You know, I started my career. It's like if I got there, I earned it. You know, there's some good lineups that we faced, and yeah. So, um, but like I said, my my jobs have gone throughout zeros, so it kind of falls into the the line of you know doing my job. And, and again, uh, and we've mentioned this a few times, even before I went on vacation. To me, that the thing about this is, is for exciting as, as exciting as it is with the young guys and all this youth coming through and this kind of next wave of generational talent. To me, at the end of the day, the biggest, most important thing that happened this year was that Zach Gallen had this year, right? You, yeah. This organization needed Zach Gallen to have this year, have a season like this. Not necessarily a scoreless streak like he's got, but to reestablish himself as one of the young premier starters in this league. What he's doing right now is a huge part of their organizational development right now in terms of what they want to Cy Young Award this year? No. Why? No. Why? Um, Who's the favorite? Sal, Sandy Alcantara? Alcantara. And I, I okay, just, but I'm just looking. I'm, I'm just going to give you these, right? Okay. Write, write this down real quick. Just sure. take his, 12 and 7, 2.36 ERA, 170 strikeouts. Okay. Now write this down. 11 and 2, 2.42 ERA, 152 strikeouts. You want whip? I'll give you whip. After, I, don't like, I know you like walks and hits per innings pitch. You want whip? What? Whip it good? Oh, you sound like a barista at Starbucks. You want whip? You want whip on that? You want whip on that? Yeah, I got a frappuccino right here. You want whip on that or yeah. not? Yeah, I know you like that whip. I know you like that whip. I'll give you some whip. You want some whip? I'm going to whip it. I'm going to whip it good. Let's go. I got a little Devo. I got a little whipped cream. Got a little ready whip. I got a little dairy product. I'm ready to just spray it all over your drink. What do you got? I got whip for you. Whose numbers are better? Um, give me the Why? whip. You didn't give me the whip. Okay. No. I left Starbucks. I had a drink. It had no whip on it. Alcantara is 1.00. That's good. Zach Allen, 0.92. Oh, even better. Like, why not? Why can't he win the Cy Young uh, Award? I, why can't he win the Cy Young Award? There's, I, no, there, there's no reason he can't. Can Go I ahead. throw out a name to compare this to? Freed? Sure. A guy who didn't make the All-Star team last year but had a really good August in September. Robbie Ray. Oh, he did kind of come on late, didn't he? Robbie Ray was just, he was fine you the first go, couple months of the season. And, and he, the way he pitched after the All-Star break, that basically won him the award last year. You could look at Freed with Atlanta, who's having a good year, too. Um, some people like Gonsolin, but he's hurt now. He's hurt. Right? Yeah, he's hurt. I don't know Edwin what he's going to Edwin Diaz, a reliever. Corbin Burns? You know Maybe. what? I mean, I, Honestly, I mean, the answer he, is there's no reason why he couldn't. Like there's no reason. And to Mitch's point, I, I mean, like, that's exactly. I feel like making a Mikel Bridges bet on this. That's exactly what Robbie Ray did a year ago. I mean, go look at his numbers after about the first two and a half months of the season. They were fine. They weren't anything great. And then he wins a Cy Young Award. Can he make a late push? I, I guess the only reason why I said no, I saw a story today on ESPN two losses. in which they listed all of the Cy Young Award candidates yeah. and, the, and his name wasn't why? there. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's why? a good point. Like, it's a good point. Like, I don't know why. Free, Gonsolin, Urias. So, you know, these other guys, like, why? Really? Like, what you? I can compare Zach Allen to all of those guys. Diamondbacks and the Padres game two of their series is tonight here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Diamondbacks have won nine of their last 11 games. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show. It's opening week in the National Football League and maybe the premier quarterback matchup of week week one. How does this Chiefs team look as the Cardinals get ready for their matchup against Kansas City? We'll tell you next on the Burns and Gambo show. 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. 
Uh, what kind of music did you listen to driving up to well, highway? Well, my wife and I, um, we have a very decidedly different rule than you and your wife do when it comes to the music. Okay. The driver is in charge. Oh, okay. The, the driver controls the musical selection. And since she would mm-hmm. rather I drive, it was, it was a lot of what I wanted to listen to. <laughs> Not what she wanted to listen oh, to. Oh, very rarely. You know, like, oh, so we split it every half hour. Yeah, every oh. half hour on the hour, we switch. You get your music. I get my because she like hates mid my music. Song? Yeah, I was gonna say you at least get to finish yeah. the song. Yeah, you get to finish the song. Okay, yeah. yeah, but like yeah, every thirty minutes because her music's just terrible. It's all like the new stuff. I yeah, yeah these kids it. and their music, man. Uh, I'm sure she thinks exactly the same thing. About oh, she hates music my music. I'm, I'm sure she <laughs> hates it. Yeah, no, no, I, I'm, I'm like every now and then I'll go play some country music for her because I know that'll make her happy. But but for the most part, she's not paying any attention to the music. She's okay. got her book. She's fine. She's sitting over there every now and then. She'll look up. Where are we? Where are we, where are we right now? And I'm telling her. Except when we, when we were on the Pacific Coast Highway. Then she was. She bought herself one of those um, relief bands. Have you ever seen those? No. Like, it keeps you from being nauseous on the road. Like, for windy roads or, okay. or hilly roads. It's like this, this. A relief band. It's a relief band. Like, it pumps her full of this, like, these electrical impulses to keep her brain from getting nauseated from the Man, drive. the stuff that they come out with. I know, things. right? Yeah, the, the stuff that we pay for. Hey. It's incredible. <laughs> I'm nauseous. Put a band on. You're put, good. You want to be. Put a band on. Yeah. You feel fine. Wow. Put a band on it. They can't cure cancer, but they can. <laughs> no, no, they can't. But they can take, take nausea not, away. They can take nausea away. Yeah, absolutely. The Arizona Cardinals. It's week one. It's here. It's time to go. It's Let's time go. for the football season. Find out what yeah. this football team is all about. And, uh, you know, why be shy about it? Let's why mess around? Let's get, let's roll up our sleeves and go right to the team that has been in the playoffs every single year since the last time the Cardinals played them, that has a Super Bowl ring to show for it, that has two Super Bowl appearances to show for it. Let's take on one of the best teams in the National Football League in the Kansas City Chiefs, albeit a very different-looking team than the one we even saw a year ago that lost in the AFC title game to the Bengals because Tyreek Hill is now a member of the yeah. Miami Dolphins. This team has won six consecutive AFC, uh, their run of six consecutive you know, AFC West championships means that this is the team that everybody is gunning for, right? But yeah, they traded Tyreek Hill. They've got some new faces. Tyron Matthews not there anymore. And you're just looking at an AFC that is just absolutely brutal. Oh, I mean, so just tough. brutal. I mean, with the with the Bengals and the Bills and, the, and even an air division, I mean, that division is going to be so hard. So I, I expect that, that that they're going to beat the hell out of each other, that that AFC West. It is just is as good as division, I think, as we've ever seen. With Russell Wilson in Denver now, while you were gone, he got a gigantic contract extension. He's now ahead of Kyler Murray. Kyler's number two, now Kyler's number three. Average, you know, per year. That's going to keep him there until he's like 40 years old. You got Justin Herbert and the Chargers, who everybody likes. You know, Carr got a lot of help, you know, with Devontae Adams, and they got Chandler Jones on defense, so the AFC is going to be a juggernaut. But you know, you, as long as Kansas City's got Patrick Mahomes, they've got a chance to win the AFC every year. And I think that was in part what was behind their big offseason move, trading Tyreek Hill to Kansas City or, or to, to Miami, as if to say, as long as we got Patrick Mahomes as the as the deliverer of the football, we'll be okay. Because on on the surface, you would look at no Tyreek Hill, and you would think, okay, how are they going to make up for that production? But then you realize they still have is Travis Kelsey. He's yeah. going to be the main guy. They added Juju Smith-Schuster. You remember, he's a guy that loved him. I liked him a lot. They added another good receiver, too. Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Marquez Valdez-Scantling with Green Bay, who be- could actually speed guy, get down the field, make some big plays. So they'll be fine at receiver. Listen, Nate, if you remember, they were up 
21 to 3 on the Bengals. I mean, that's the, their last memory of playing is you're up 21 to 3 in January, mm-hmm. AFC Championship game, and you blow that lead. Joe Burrow and the Bengals come back and they win that game and they go to the Super Bowl and you don't go to the Super Bowl. So their last memory is what happened in that game against the Bengals. So they're going to be poised, you know, to come out and 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 get off to a good start and try to get back to the Super Bowl. They're obviously really good. I mean, Andy Reid has been there for a long time now, and you know, after that loss to the Bengals, you know, they did lose Tyreek Hill. They they just came to an impasse. They they couldn't get him signed, and so he goes to Miami and they re- they responded well. They got a not as good as him, but they got good players in Valdez Scanting and Juju Smith Schuster. They're good players. And I think Kelsey being at the center of it really helps a lot. I think the other minor thing about this game, I mean, other than it being week one and looking forward to it because it's week one, I, I think the thing I'm, I'm a little looking forward to is that if you look at two of the players that Kansas City drafted, they were two players who were associated with the Arizona Cardinals. McDuffie. The draft. Trent, yeah, McDuffie, Trent McDuffie, the cornerback, and mm-hmm. a guy that I know you ruled out early, but mock draft after after mock draft had him going to the Cardinals. That was George Karloftis. Yes. Those are two guys. The, pass that, rusher, the Purdue pass rusher yep. was never a guy the Cardinals liked. I, I know. It, it, but if you look at the at the mocks, and I know those are unreliable, man, those are two names that were frequently associated with the Cardinals going into the draft. And so from a curiosity standpoint, there's that. But then, of course, at the middle of all of this is going to be Cliff Kingsbury, other than a preseason game a couple of years ago. This is Cliff Kingsbury going up against his old Texas Tech quarterback. He was asked yesterday if he's scared of Patrick Mahomes. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, he's a pretty, pretty decent player. Um, yeah, it'd be a little surreal going against him, but um, it'd be fun. It'd be fun for Texas Tech people as well. Does he still talk with them? No, we still talk. We, we were texting. Um, we got a group text with one of the other quarterbacks about Texas Tech football. A guy who was um, worked with us, like the basically quality control with the quarterbacks is now their OC and they dropped like 66 points or something so we were fired up texting back and forth so stay in contact. For fun I went back and looked at the season the junior season that Mahomes had uh-huh. under Kingsbury Texas Tech the numbers he put up were crazy yeah. crazy crazy and then, and for then, a college football season it was crazy and then, believe it or not Cliff tried to get him to come back for his senior year because the NFL gave him a second round grade so the NFL gave Mahomes a second round grade. You know, what do you where do you think I'll get drafted? His what they with the feedback he got was second, second round. round. So Cliff was like, "Hey, what do you think about yeah?" But come every, on, come everybody on else is like, "Man, the NFL is whacked, man. He's not going to be a second round pick. Are you kidding me?" Yeah. Uh, you know, we talk about the Cardinals schedule. I want to bring this up. Yeah, go ahead. Chiefs first eight games. First eight games. Cardinals winning record. Chargers winning record. Colts winning record. Buccaneers, winning record. Raiders, winning record. Bills, winning record. 49ers, winning record. Titans, winning record. That's their first eight? Yeah, go look at their schedule. Holy crap. Their first eight games this season. That's brutal. That's, I'm saying it's That's brutal. brutal. Cardinals won 11. Bucks won 13. Raiders won 10. Bills won 11. 49ers won 10. Titans won 12. They are the first team in NFL history wow. to start the season with eight straight games against teams that had a winning record in the previous season. It's never happened before. I'll be really curious to see how they do without Tyron Matthew. 
He was such a heartbeat guy for them. He was so good for them. Yep. I'll be curious to see how they do with I And we talk about Mahomes and Tyree Kill. How will they do without Tyree Matthew in the middle of all of that defensively the way he was? I think it, it's a question that we'll be talking a lot about over the course of the week, I think. When we come back, the Arizona Diamondbacks, they're so hot right now. How hot are they? <laughs> we'll ask manager Troy Lovello just how hot his team is next on the Birds and Gambo Show. Your exclusive home of the D-backs. Diamondbacks. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. D-backs manager Tori Lovello joins Burns and Gambo to talk D-backs baseball. Every Tuesday at 2.30, we get the pleasure of talking Diamondbacks baseball with the manager himself, Tori Lovello, who joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. D-backs and the Padres game two of their series tonight. Skip, welcome to the show. Thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Always my pleasure, boys. I got to tell you, Skip, uh, you know, last week I'm with a friend uh, having some pizza, waiting for our kids to finish baseball practice, and the, the guys at the bar at the pizza joint, they're, they're watching the D-backs game, they're talking D-backs. I go to the gym this morning, first guy, Ed, says, hey, did you watch that game yesterday with the D-backs? And another guy, Steve, said, yeah, I've been watching. I've got so many people, the first thing that they're saying to me right now is asking, how about those D-backs? You've got a lot of people in this town talking about your baseball team right now. I appreciate I appreciate that. Um, I know you guys are always spreading the good word too, but um, we're we're proud of that. Um, we've got to go out and play good baseball. We want to uh, win our fans back. We've had a couple of lean years, but we understand um, challenging times hit everybody. But um, we have a responsibility each and every day to go out there and play as hard as we can, and we've been doing a really good job of that. And we've had a lot of really positive results. But we are we are we are still churning. We are still pushing every single day to teach, help these players grow. But we're in a we're in a good spot, and we're proud of that. But we still got some work to do. All right, I'm going to start. Uh, I'm going to start with Ryan Nelson and the unbelievable yeah. performance yesterday uh, that he had. First Diamondback pitcher to throw more than six scoreless innings in his debut. Seven strikeouts tied for the most by a debuting Diamondback starter. But I want to ask you about the approach and and, and how you brought this kid up through the system and the waiting and the patience that you needed to show to have him ready for this day. Talk about that. Like, how have you guys had, I'm sure you've had your eye on him now for at least two years. Of course, of course. Um, you know, we've been locking on to a lot of our younger players that have been in the system. <clears throat> Ami Al-Sade, uh, Derek Ladinier have been pulling an unbelievable talent for the past five years since we all arrived here. And uh, that is starting to show. They're drafting great talent, great players, putting, it, putting them through player development and letting them grow and learn with some amazing coaching. Um, but, and we've known that it's very rich. And, you, and everybody that follows the game closely can – can identify with that because we have we climbed from 30th in Major League Baseball with, with young talent to somewhere in the top five. So it's been emerging. We've known that. And the young players that are the position players have gotten here before the pitchers. And, and Nelson is one of, the, one of the early arrivers of that group. And there's more to come. And we're really excited about that. But yeah, we've been paying close attention to his development. Of course, we watch that. We, we talk about it all the time. Josh Barfield, head of player development, will come into my office. I will be asking about the young kids all the time and there's a lot to get excited about but once again it is a group that put this together for this to happen last night for Ryan Nelson and then Nelson deserves all the credit for trusting and going out there and executing. Have you, you've been around this game a long time we, we all have to a certain extent have, have you ever seen a guy making his major league debut who was so in control of himself <laughs> the way Ryan was yesterday? 
Yeah, and never uh, got cattywampus on him, right? He was just absolutely in charge of his outing, and we knew that that was going to be his his approach and his thought, and that's who he was in the minor leagues. When I saw him the other day, when I said to him, look, a true Major League Baseball player gets here because he's talented. A tough-minded baseball player will stay a course with what got him here. Because what happens is you want to change, you want to try and do too much, you want to throw too hard, you want to get that breaking ball to bite a little bit more. If you're the best version of yourself, which you've been training yourself to do for this moment, you'll understand that you don't change. And that to me is mental toughness, to resist the temptation to change. We know what time you get your Starbucks coffee in the morning, we know what your pregame prep is. If we see anything different, we're going to call you out. <laughs> and he was exactly the same when he walked in here. Uh, he's exactly the same with what everybody's been telling us, some of the deliveries and some of the mechanics that we've seen when we were in spring training. He was the exact same kid, and that was very impressive to me. Tori Lovello, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Tori, I'm going to ask you a question that Gambo asked of me just about 20 minutes ago, and I didn't have a real good answer for him. Can Zach Allen win the Cy Young Award in the National League? Oh, man. Um, I want to say 100% yes. I want to believe that he is one of the best right-handed pitchers in the National League. Um, does he have enough wins or you know, whatever? I don't really care. It's normally given to the best pitcher in the league, and his statistics certainly show that he has been consistent and getting in, and, and moving into that direction. So he deserves strong consideration. He should get votes 100%. How many will be up to the writers? But I think he deserves strong consideration. I, my, my argument was, just quickly, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I looked at him side-by-side side against Sandy Alcantara, and I can make the argument that Zach's better. I look at him against mm-hmm. Freed with Atlanta. I can make the argument that he's better. Gonsolin's hurt right now. I mean, I, I can look at the guys that, that he would be in competition with. I don't want to give it to Edwin Diaz. I mean, I can honestly, I mean, his whip is better than Sandy Alcantara's. He's only got two losses all year long. He's got one of the incredible streaks in baseball going right now. I mean, I know he's not the favorite to win it, but I mean, I'm starting to think that 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 he that he should be that he should be the favorite to win this damn thing. I love where you're at. I, I totally agree with you. And we're obviously going to be biased because we see him every fifth day. And to me, the thing that's speaking out more than anything is he is very close to a club record for the scoreless innings. And you're talking about some names beyond that. Drysdale, um, Hershiser, uh, and, and a really impressive list of guys. And when you put yourself in that company and you're bringing, you're bringing that, that status to this conversation, you have to get consideration for being one of the best. But I don't want Zach to get sidetracked by that. I want him to go out there and execute. He's got five or six more starts. I don't know exactly how many. Um, you know, he needs to cash in wins. Unfortunately, it's, it's a win-loss thing that everybody looks at. But if we look deeper into it, which it sounds like you have, Gambo, um, and you've been talking about, I think he should get strong consideration. Uh, Jake McCarthy gets picked off first base yesterday by Blake Snell, and he steals the base. They mm-hmm. rush the throw. Which I, I mean, I... Look, you know me. I've talked to you with about you. Post All Star break, you're second in baseball with 35 stolen bases. McCarthy's got 12. Rojas has 11. They're first and second, you know, in the second half of the season in stolen bases. I I love what you're doing on the base paths. Does does the speed that you guys have and the ability to go with these guys, like on that play right there, was that just something that they're so worried about the speed that they just threw it away? Partly, um, yeah, we do a lot of a lot of studying um, as a group, and you know, Dave McKay, one of the best in the game. He'll he'll target some things, bring it into my office. We'll talk over some some situations where I'll give the okay without getting assigned to go out and do things. And Dave is unbelievable. We don't want to run into outs. Period. There's only 27 of them, um, but we identified a couple of situations uh, that you know 
Bell has trouble throwing the baseball. So if we did get picked off with a long hanging move from a left-handed pitcher, we could probably, before he reverses that throw to second base, we could probably beat that in there. It's probably going to be a wide throw. We we're going to make people hurry. What I have been seeing, and you're exactly right, I want to coach the team that I have. I want to manage the team that I have. And when I have all these weapons and there's so much speed, I don't want it sitting around. But when you don't have it, you can't force that. So now that we have it, we are forcing teams to play fast. Watch how fast infielders are picking up balls and having to deliver to first base. It's way faster than they ever prepare for. Pitchers, when they get a comeback, watch how fast they're unloading that ball to get that speed getting down the line. Outfielders having to get rid of the ball and throw the ball to home plate to throw fast runners out, scoring from second base. When you move too fast and you don't train that way, you're going to make mistakes, and that's what we're watching every single day. So six-man rotation, that's basically the kind of the plan moving forward, Skip? Yeah, I think so. We're going to stay right there for, for a little while. Um, and we're, we're obviously really excited about what Nelson did yesterday. And we're just going to keep building on that. We want to build in some rest for some guys. We've had a lot of guys that have been going super hard all year long, and they've been healthy. Just going to give them an extra day in between here and there. Some guys may may get sped up and stay on, on turn. Um we, we will play around that. Merrill is still on turn today. He was five days today. So we're going to adjust it, but we're going to give guys the, the rest they need based on the information we're getting um, and the things that we're seeing. We want to make sure we get through this season healthy. All right, this has been all positive. We're going to hit you with the one negative. You ready? Uh, All right. Gee, <laughs> who else would have brought the, the one negative thing up? Sure. sure. I, Go ahead. I, yeah, I, of course. I, course I wanted to Gambo. tell him not really, but I love Gambo, so we got to let it eat. Let's go. All right. Ian Blue is fifth save. You guys have had 29 saves and 49 save opportunities. After the sixth mm-hmm. inning, your ERA is over five and a half, second worst in Major League Baseball. You got to do something about this. You got to do something about the back end of the bullpen. Is there any plans down the stretch to just try something different? Um, you know, we are on obviously making adjustments every single day. Um, and we want to, we want to put guys in the best position to be successful. We will make adjustments. Um, you know, and it has been frustrating. I know that bullpen has been grinding and they've been working hard and the results have been, you know, they've been touch and go. They haven't been perfect. And we are aware that if we could play the what if game, um, but we do have what we have. We will allow these guys to go out and perform. You know, how are we going to develop young bullpen arms in our system? That has been a big conversation that we've had uh, inside of the, inside of my office about do we develop inside of, inside of our system? Um, Do we go out and get guys? We're still trying to figure out that balance as to how we build a very successful bullpen. Um, We've had good bullpens in the past. This bullpen has been good in, in, in different spurts. But you're right. I think when you look at the numbers and break them down, I can't sugarcoat it that it's been perfect. We do have to make some adjustments. How, how and when that happens, I'm not sure. But we're very well aware of it. Jory, we appreciate the time as always. Good luck tonight again, San Diego. We'll talk to you next week. All right, fellas. Have a good one. Thanks, Skip. Jory Lovello joining us here on the Arizona Sports Line on the Burns and Gambo Show. You'll hear their game tonight right here, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. When we come back, one word to describe the weekend from the Pac-12. You could go with bad, but I think 49-3. to Well, not one word. Ugh. Probably tells you everything you need to know, doesn't it? That's next. Burns and Gambo Show. This has been all positive. We're going to hit you with the one negative. You ready? The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. Our afternoon contributor, update guy, Eric Ruby, has today's Twitter poll question of the day leading right into what we're going to talk about next. A rough weekend for Pac-12 football. (laughs) Yeah, people are... uh 
kind of in their feelings of sort about this poll. We've gotten a lot of comments about, are you serious? What a terrible weekend for the Pac-12, and you're choosing this poll? <laughs> Mm. All right. So well, let's go through. Well, let's it. all right. That's fine. Let, let, let it's people. over. <laughs> go home. Let people be in their feelings about it. It's fine. Uh, what what is what is the poll question that's got everybody so up in their feelings today? Who is the Pac-12s? Here are the keywords here, guys. Most likely college football playoff representative. <laughs> You've got four options, but three teams. The okay. three teams are Oregon. USC and Utah. Where's and Arizona? <laughs> they just missed the cut. Uh-huh. And the final option, which I will tell you guys is running away with it, of course. is dot, 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 are you kidding? I'm going with that. Put me down. Put me down for a little dot, dot, dot. dot are you kidding? I'll, I'll take a uh, dot, 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 mm. are you kidding with a, a side of whipped cream from Gambo. You want to take a stab of what the yes, percentage is? I do. Okay, so. Four options. Oregon, Utah, USC, dot, dot, dot. Are you kidding? I would think that Utah, Utah, the... Oh, we're talking about what's the percentage? I was going to guess the the percentage percentage of dot, dot, dot. dot, dot, Are are you kidding kidding me? And then I'll tell you which team is leading. 60%. Higher. 76% are saying dot, dot, dot. Are you kidding me? It's in between you two. 67.2%. So technically Gambo closer. Gambo, you think Utah leads the way out of the teams? Because we do have a little bit of comparison. They they should have won. I I watched that game. They should have won. I'm going to say USC just because they won. Cam Rising, interception in the end zone. I mean, they should have won. USC running away with it among the teams. 22.1% say USC. In second place, 6.6% is Utah. Four. 0.1% shockingly not inspired by the Oregon Ducks performance over the weekend. <laughs> That's a poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page at Burns and Gambo. One word is where you can find it. Uh, our guy John Wilner in reviewing the Pac-12 weekend, his uh, his five kind of notes from the weekend. Kind of had a spin on it a little well, bit. Right? I mean, he said five things. Number one, it could have been worse. The conference went nine and three. They were perfect against the group of five. They were perfect against FCS. They didn't stub their toe like they did last year. on teams that they shouldn't have lost to like they did last year. Uh, they point out Arizona's win against San Diego State. Oregon State beat Boise State. Those are two typically two good teams. Yeah. Uh, 72-37. Uh-huh. But point number two, it could have been better. It could have been a lot better. And he writes, that said, college football success isn't defined on the surface. It's rooted first and foremost in college football playoff participation and by that measure, Saturday was rough for the Pac-12. Two of the three teams, given the best chance to reach the college football playoffs, sustained losses that were brutal in different ways. Of course, Oregon lost to Georgia 49-3. to And they just scored again 56-3. to <laughs> then, They just went up 56-3. to And then Utah, leading on oh, the road that See, that in Gainesville against hurt. Florida, loses in the final minute of that game. And that they did hurt. It. They drove all the way down the field. They were about to score a touchdown and go in for they were at least going to kick the field goal right? But they uh, they throw the interception. Kid made a great read. Ryzen made a bad throw. Tried to sneak it in there and it gets picked off and the Gators in the swamp. They they survived. That's a good win for Florida and their new quarterback but a tough loss for Utah. Oregon, man, I don't even know what to say about Oregon.
Michigan. Wow, that is absolutely pathetic. Look, I'm not expecting you to beat the Georgia Bulldogs. But, man, they came out, they scored touchdowns on their first seven possessions. It's like taking candy from a baby. Mm-hmm. We get the ball touchdown. We get the ball touchdown. We get, it's like, every, like you can't stop us. We're going to get the ball. It doesn't matter where it is. And we're going to go down the field and we're going to shove it down your throat. And, we're gonna, and that's what it was. It was, we have the ball. You can give me the ball at the one-yard line. We're going to go 99 yards and score. There's nothing you can do about it. There's absolutely nothing you can do about it. It was embarrassing. It, they converted their first nine third-down plays. There was six for six in the red zone. They didn't punt until like late in the fourth quarter. I mean, it was... Uh, I, I mean, Oregon is supposed to be one of the best you have to offer in the Pac-12. Yeah. See, this is why I don't want a college football playoff. This is why I don't want a playoff. Because the, the college football is top-heavy. Just give me Alabama and Georgia right now in a national championship game. We're done. <laughs> You're probably not wrong. No, but that's who it's going to be. You're Alabama's going to play Georgia Ohio in the National Championship. Ohio State might have a conversation there. Might have something to say no, about won't. that. No, but uh, I mean, probably not when it's all said and done. But you're not this year. You're certainly not wrong about that. Look, it, it's it, Oregon losing to Georgia. Well, duh. I mean, they, of, of course they were going to lose to Georgia. The game was in Atlanta. I mean, they were going to lose to Georgia, right? Not like that. But not like. And that's the thing. It's the forty-nine to three. It's the score. It's the domination. It's the fact that they weren't even Can't competitive. Play with them. You Can't can play with them. If you're Oregon, you can lose to Georgia in the first weekend of the college football season and still be alive for the college football playoff. You cannot lose to them 49-3. No one will ever take you seriously after that. That's it. You're done. Oregon was ranked. I know. I know. Like they were but, ranked. But you can. We've seen teams overcome losses yes, like yes. that early in the season because yes. you say, "Man, that was a really tough loss." They were basically on the road, and they lost a heartbreaker to Georgia at the line. There was nothing heartbreaker about that at all. They got bludgeoned. They got blood. You can't respond from forty nine to three. You can't recover you know, from something like that. Utah can recover. If Florida turns out to be great, yeah. If Florida yeah. turns out to be, and Wilner pointed that out in his column over the weekend, don't lose another game. No, you can't lose another game. No, their margin for error is done. You and can't that, lose another game, and that's why USC. The hopes of getting into the college football playoff for the conference pretty much rests on USC winning out, and, and it's it's or and I haven't seen their USC's schedule. USC's leaving. Do we really want a Big Ten, a future Big Ten team representing the Pac-12? Well, you know that's a good point. Are well, honestly, we, are do we you rooting for that? I, no, I, I want. I, Utah. I have a hard time rooting for USC anyway, so I don't know if I would root for USC to be the college football player. We have to spend a minute or two, though, talking about Let's the University of Arizona. What a good win for what, them. That was a, I, I mean, enjoyed that whole game. I really did. impressive what they did against San Diego Yeah, State. this uh, this kid's going to be one of the best. This Jacob Cowing, um, he had eight catches for 152 yards. He is going to be one of the best transfer portal guys that anybody picked up, this UTEP receiver. I'm telling you right now, now Jaden Delora looked fantastic in the game, and they were blowing him out. I mean, they were absolutely blowing them out. This is a team that went 12-2 and last year. Okay? And Arizona goes there, and it's 100 degrees. It feels like you probably felt like they were in Tucson. Hmm. And they go out there and Jetfish's team. They just, you know, they, they won for only the second time since he became head coach, right? Because they only won one last year. First opening win on the road since 2010. But they're up 31-10. to Everything's going with their way. I mean, the only really bad miscue was the, the punter kicking it off the other guy. One of the, the Arizona punter in the back. 
knock him his head basically zone. blocked his own punt. Or the guy in front, his gunner right. basically blocked Yeah, he just kind of yeah. moved over two steps and he kicked it right into his back. But it was 31-10 to 10 and they were absolutely blowing him out. But I'm telling you, you watch out of all the players that were in the transfer portal, this kid Jacob Cowing is absolutely going to be one of the best. There's no doubt in my mind. That kid is a special player, that UTEP kid. They had lost 23 of their last 24 games at the University of Arizona. And they just blew San Diego State out. A team that had 12 wins last year. Mm-hmm. San Diego State. On the Very road. impressive win. Very yeah. impressive win. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, every year in the NFL, half of last year's playoff teams miss out on the postseason next year. Which group are the Arizona Cardinals in in the early prognostications? Well, they're not early anymore. We'll talk about that next. Burns and Gambo.